Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello and welcome to the New Books in Human Rights, a channel of the New Books Network. My name is Yakir Englander, your host today. The book that we're going to deal with is The Death of Transcendent, which presents a clear and compelling close reading and interpretation of five essays included in Jeanne Marie at the Mind's Limit, describing them as one continuous and progressing argument on the possibility of human society in wake of the Holocaust. Through the works of philosophers such as Wittgenstein and Charles Tyler, the writer Yoav Ashkenazi uncovers the importance and significance of such concepts as transcendence, loss, self, other, love, and home, for establishing and maintaining a human life and world, and recovering it should it be lost. Finally, the book examines the concept of resentment, described as a reactive emotion by Nietzsche, and follows Amari's argument that in extreme cases, it is in fact a moral healthy choice. The writer, our guest today, is Dr. Yoavash Kenazi, who is an independent researcher. After receiving a PhD from the Hebrew University in Jerusalem, he continued to teach philosophy and literature in various settings and serve as a research fellow at the Hartman Institute in Jerusalem. In addition, Yoav translated essays and he currently lives in Vienna and is engaged in research, consultancy and management for various private organizations. Dr. Yoav Ashkenazi, thank you so much for coming to the New Books Network. Hi, thank you and uh, everyone listening. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much. It's really nice to do it in Jerusalem. We're sitting in Jerusalem. We're going to speak about uh, Jeanne Marie and about your book, The Death of the Transcendence, Reflection on Jeanne Marie at the Minds of Limits. Um, can you share with the listeners a little bit about what made you to write this book? Um, the truth is, I came across uh, Jeanne Marie's book in, two, I think it was 2002 or 2003. We had a seminar in the Hartman Institute and uh, <clears throat> that was one of the that was one of the sources that we had. Uh, we also discussed Appelfeld and other um, sort of Holocaust writers or whatever you want to call them, whether right. witnesses or not. And I remember reading the 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 first uh, uh, essay, and I remember I remember I was I was shocked. I remember it stunned me. I've never seen such an exposed way of, of writing. He exposes everything. I felt this is the guy. And why? Because a lot of masks fell in the first three sort of uh, uh, pages. Like so many masks fell and I felt like this guy is doing something that is revolutionary in metaphysics as well. Not just as a recollection of the Holocaust, but also, I felt I was reading a metaphysical text. 
the kind of book which uh, Wittgenstein spoke about when he spoke, he said that if you, in, the, in his first book, the Tractatus Logicus Philosophicus, he said, if someone could truly write a book in ethics, it would explode all other books in the world. And I felt Amiri was walking on the borders of humanity and allowing us glimpses into the inhuman potentials in our own metaphysics and way of a modern way, Western way of being. I felt it was, a, a, I felt I was, I, I was in awe. Hmm. I was in awe and I felt like I was standing in the presence of a true sort of negative uh, uh, theo uh, theo uh, theologian, uh, theological thinker. Hmm. Negative in the sense, he's not going to tell you what it means to be human. He's going to show you what it means to be radically inhuman. And from, 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 from that position, you'll be able to see what you treasure most in your uh, life, in modern life, but also in, in modern theology, metaphysics, uh, and literature, and culture. So that, that shocked me in a way. I, I, gave, I, I remember I gave a presentation on that. Right. A 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I was there just to, yes, I remember and, that. And I didn't touch the text right. for 18 years. Only wow. in 2019, after I finished my first philosophical text, that was a personal text, not an interpretation to what other people are saying, like Wittgenstein or Iris Murdoch, but my own thoughts. I was I managed to arrange a sort of a background in my mind that 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 and 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 once I finished, I opened up Amiri, and within three weeks, I, I wrote the book. It was like a one shot thing. Incredible. So, as a thinker, you have who who read um, you know, so many Holocaust survivors um as uh, Primo Levi and Elie Wiesel and Viktor Frankl and others. What I hear from you is that Jeanne Marie not only telling about what happened to him, but he also creates theological, philosophical thoughts around that. Is it right to say that like that? Like Viktor Frankl take it to psychology and he take it to deep philosophy? Absolutely. I mean, his first essay uh, about uh, the the limits of uh, the Geist of uh, Geist in German is more than mind, although they translated it into the mind in uh, in 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 the American uh, in the English uh, translation. In English translation. Mm -hmm. But but Geist is something else. Geist is also spirit. It's in a sense, it's also the culture of the time. It's a sort of the feeling of the whole cultural project of that civilization. That, that will be Geist. And the, the, the opening article starts by saying Geist died in Auschwitz. He didn't die for Amiri only. He, he, he's going to show... He died for the West. He died, he died for all the, the possibility. It's, it's much worse. The possibility of, of expressing true God, that our true Geist or a, a true Ausdruck, a true expression, a rational and free and expression of our culture, that possibility for each and every one of us was at least severely damaged. So, so let's speak about that, Yoav. Um, can you say, before we'll speak about what Jana Marie claim about the destruction of these guys that you speak about, can you share for the listeners a little bit about this faith or about this uh, metaphysics that you speak about that Jana Marie says it's totally damaged after the Holocaust? So, of course, Jana Marie will not explicitly uh, speaking in, in, in theological uh, terms. Right. Like I said, he speaks from the other side, from what is not, not from what is. 
Theology is a story of what is. Right. Well, metaphysics and theology are the story of what is. God is or God isn't. It doesn't matter what you believe, but it, it is a story. So you'd say science says that there are objects or forces, what have you. Uh, but metaphysics tells you what 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 enables what we experience, what really is. Mm. And theology, Jean-Henri goes, goes to the, from, speaks from the other side. He speaks from what he isn't. And in this sense, he leads, he creates an, 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 an enormous accusation. His five essays together, if you take them together, they compose an argument that says, look, we have created our Western culture on the basis of what is called the Jewish Christian axial revolution. It is. It was a kind of revolution that focused everything on man and his life within society. All the values that sort of paleolithical or neolithical uh, uh, religions had. Yeah, I don't know that. What does it mean? It means that in the ancient world, you didn't, your day-to-day -day life were not as religious as our day-to-day -day life today. Right. We didn't, they didn't think about the relationship with their children as meaningful, the wife, the house, the work, the job, what the priests were doing and the kings were doing, that was meaningful. And they played their part by bringing them a chatzita shekel or what have you. Like paying them. Like that. exactly, you go, yeah, they attended the, the rituals, they, right. they participated in a way, but their everyday life were not so infused with, 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 with uh, 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 metaphysical and uh, a transcendent value in that sense. I understand. The actual revolution, the, the Jewish Christian revolution, sort of focused everything on man, community, family, every day. Mm. And that starts even in, 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 the, in the Jewish Mishnah. And, but, but sort of Protestantism is the highlight of that. It is an explosion of that theology in Europe. And in the, the center of that theology is A, the separation of state, power, and religion, which allows the individual religious freedom, B, the idea of negative freedom in general. Negative freedom is, is the inability of anyone external to me to tell me what to do in that subject. Nobody can tell me who am I going to marry, which people I consort with, what career I choose, where do I go, what do I eat. No one can tell me. This, these are things I have. Our theology of shape and image says we were creating the shape and image of God. Therefore, we have certain privileges and freedoms that are part of our nature. And the thinkers, the, the Protestant thinkers of the 16th, 17th uh, century and 18th uh, that have basically shaped the way we relate to one another in the world, the most basic ways, have basically provided us with sort of, you could say, a secular interpretation of right. this theology. But we are living a theological mindset. If I walk with you in the street right now and with my with my young my my young uh, boy i don't have children but this is for the sake and and i would beat him up severely in front of you 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 probably call the police anyway you'd be hurt right that would not happen in a in, in a traditional society if you do not uh, in a traditional society it says if you don't hit your child you don't love him because the, the idea is that the tribe is in the center. That's the subject. Not the, pers the, the, the person is the subject. Not the individual. Exactly. 
קדושים תהיו כקדוש אני. You shall be holy for I am holy, God says. As a community, you can personify holiness. That is the essence of that theology. And, and it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a sort of a protection around the individual and around the rights of the individual. How is protecting, and I, so two questions to have for you. One, I'm not sure I understand how it's protecting the individual. I thought the individualism actually that many times, mostly for women, the tribe can hurt them or to, or to LGBTQ. This is my first question. Second question, I really need you to connect it to somehow to, like how it's connected to Jeanne Marie. Or to the question that he's touching. Okay. First of all, let's start with uh, with uh, uh, negative freedom. We're not talking about the positive situation. We're talking about our norms. Our norms, first of all. Of course, under any system of values, there can there are all kinds of uh, twists and turns, and uh, um, how do you say? Uh, um, all kinds of evil can live within 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 these systems. But the idea, the basic Jewish idea, was. God, Jewish and then Christian, God created us in his shape and image, man and woman. Right. It was supposed to be a very egalitarian, uh, it's, an, it's an egalitarian tradition that the Christian even radicalizes. Jesus says, leave your father, leave your son, leave your wife, leave your mother, leave your community. Only those that will leave everything. Will be part of the community of equals and christianity was the first one to you know slaves and women became uh, uh religious uh agents right so at least at the basis of the 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 uh, the premise like what would you like um how do you say pretension yes i always say that if you have pretensions you're better than the guy that doesn't have pretensions sort of the west does terrible things but it has pretensions russia doesn't even have the pretensions <laughs> so that would be my pretensions are not such a bad only a bad thing like people think and in terms of 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 the pretension jewish christian theology went in the way that that evolved into a conception of human rights yes and for me the way i see it modernity is sort of an explosion of human of of, of equality and human rights it doesn't mean we are able to to live that way but Nobody today will ask questions about these assumptions. Right? Exactly, exactly. You would feel completely legitimate to call the police on your friend, something that would never happen a hundred years ago in any society, actually, <laughs> even the Western. Yeah. So we have sort of we have developed within time a, a sort of a conception that sort of it's it's a radical protection of the individual rights. And when that is broken, okay. So now we come to the brokenness. So Jeanne Marie is growing up with these assumptions, with these cultural assumptions. Much worse. Jeanne Marie was born, was born in... Please tell us a bit. Jeanne Marie was born in Tyrol. That is a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mountain area of Austria. It is, uh, it is an agricultural area. Um, a lot of the villages are sort of in valleys that have become completely closed in the winter. Mm. I mean, that's something that Americans, in the, especially in the, in, in, in the East, and then they would understand this. Right, right. And uh, Switzerland is like that as well. It's a very German thing, you know, uh, because they live in the mountains, obviously. Uh, there was even a theory that Yiddish was created in that way, that people that were stuck somewhere in an area because the mm. mountains closed. In the yeah. So anyways. Uh, so Jeanne-Marie grew, Jean-Marie up, grew up there, up there as there. a Jew. No, no. His mother was Catholic. 
His father was Jewish, but he died before he was born. He did not know Hebrew. He did not know there's such a thing as Yiddish. He did not, his father's picture on the wall, he says, was the one from the war. He was in the uh, Kaiser, the Kaiser's Jäger. I mean, the, the hunters of the of the, of the the Kaiser in the Austro-Hungarian Empire in the First World War. That's the only picture he knew of him. He didn't see him as, a, as an old Jew with a beard or whether it was a wise Jew or what have you. He did not perceive himself as a Jew, except in the sense that there was some kind of, uh, you know, something in the background that was wrong. Like the guy in, in his, his class, which father lost the bar the family business. So he was some kind of a stain on his past, but he didn't know anything about Jews. He celebrated Christmas, he went to church, he spoke only his, his native uh, uh, dialect, uh, German dialect of the area. He was completely immersed in that life. He didn't have, he was completely immersed in, in, in the, afterwards he became completely immersed in the German project of liberal, of liberal culture and all. He had no outside. He had no uh, what do you mean he, he had no outside? He was not no outside. He had no. He, he was. He was. He was. He was completely identified in a way with the German, German project. Yes. Yes. There was no Jewishness or Judaism yeah. for him. Yeah. Or very know, different than uh, Buber or Rosenzweig or anyone. different from exactly. these people. Anybody that yeah. was born in even your... different than Kafka, right? In that way. Look. A lot of the people you talk about were born in places where either most of the city was Jewish mm, or the yeah. elite was yes, Jewish. Yes, yes. Like Freud area. You know, there's actually a time yeah. in, in Hungarian nationalism in the 19th century where most most of the leading figures are Jewish. Unbelievable. You're a bit Hungarian, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, so, so he's growing up there. There is no Jewish question for him. Zero. Right? Yeah. Exactly. A gentleman, he says, you know what? When I found out that I was Jewish, that was 1935 in a Viennese cafe. I open up the paper and I and I see the neon laws and I realized that I become the, the enemy of myself, the enemy of the Reich because of his father. Yes. Unbelievable. Because it's a it's a it's a first generation it's, it's it's a first generation and the Nazis killed even six generations. Right. But this was the first generation. Right. 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 He was he was a, a Muslinger. Muslinger. It's the the mix a mixed uh, yes. a mixed breed. They still, in, in German countries, they still say that so, on, so, about God. So what happened to such a person? Because he's not the only example. I'm sure there are many other Jewish... I, I'm not sure right? anybody... I, I, I don't know... Right? It's such a radical situation. It's like, we have here an incredible uh, idea of a person who is like, totally grew up German, and then like, it's 1935, as you mentioned, he's finding that he's a problem. But that he... Is a parasite to be killed from his own way of life, which he is the only one that he that he lives through. What's a narrative? Listen, if you grow up in a in a in a shtetl, Jewish shtetl, we all know what Jewish shtetl is. So you have a theology, cultural, you know, even if you watch like a fiddler on the roof, they knew that they are hated in some complicated way. Here it's nothing. What's a narrative that such a person have when he's sent to a camp? Okay, so the, the point the point is this. Uh, Ameri was armed with only one narrative mm -hmm. in a way. Right. And that was the liberal German narrative. Fascinating. And he had no no relations to no shtetl. And he was a very active man. He was fighting Nazis as a student. I mean, he, he had a he had a he had a uh a, a, a gap between his teeth. <laughs> That he always showed everyone with as a student, he got beaten up by Nazis and he beat them back. Wow. And I'm not, I don't think he ever did that as a Jew. It was just a, in, in the Austrian German. Yeah. In, yes, German. yes, in the Austro-Hungarian Empire, which in, in Austria, where he grew up in Vienna, that was that 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 he that that was they were fighting for what it means to be German. 
And that's what he fought for. And he had this idea that we're going in, in the right direction. Everything exploded in, in, in his face. Uh, uh, so, so in that sense, and, and I want to I want to elaborate on something, please. That I think most because it really helps now to understand so much better what you are going to show us why he's so creative. So let, let's, let's, let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about the mind for a second. Yeah, please. We grew up. We grew up in a certain um, sort of uh, environment. And we create foundational attachments to things as we are young. Mm. So for for you, Yakir, personally, if I may say something, person, yes, the the picture of fatherhood would be very different from mine, <laughs> right? And that entails a bit of a different relation. Yeah. When you imagine fatherhood and love, and it is a, ve- ve- I mean, we grew up in different places. I'm not going right. to go into our background, so I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to bore the audience <laughs> or interest them too much. <laughs> Maybe it's very interesting for them. But let's yeah, yeah, but, but nobody wants yeah, to expose course. them. We're not Amiri, yeah. so we're not going to do it here. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the fact that for you, this type of feeling of holiness and of, of security entails completely different imagery mm. means a lot. So and Amiri was robbed out of the imagery that was between him and every emotional attachment he had. This is why. It's Can so you, this, exactly. That is the, the null point of his writing. This is what happened to him in Brandon when he was uh, uh, executed, where Himmler was the 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 boss, the the mm-hmm. in charge of the citadel right. in Belgium, and that that was what was completed in Auschwitz and fine and finalized uh, with the German response, German Austrian and Western response after the the Holocaust. He was robbed out of. I'll, I'll say this in technical ways, in, te- in technical terms. Please. He was robbed of all his inner equipment mm-hmm. relating to the world. Yeah, and we are now. I get it. In a in a deep sense, that is our, the most precious parts of ourselves, because it's the way our relation, our constitutional relationships with our loved ones, and the institute that brought us up, sort of allowed us to create our own self as a unique Ausdruck, or the Ausdruck is expression. Mm. If you want, we can talk about expression. But the whole, all of the the Western tradition the, the, is, is centered around the idea that authenticity and living freely has to do with a free, rational, unique expression of self. I love it. I love it. I love it. I want to stop for a second here because what I hear you say is that in order to do it, there is a condition which is. First, the, as you as you mentioned, the negative freedom, which means the freedom from things, in order that you can bring your authentic, personal Absolutely. narrative. Is it right to say that like that? It's even you're you're hitting the mark. You you're you're really on the spot here. Please, I'll tell you why I think you're on the spot. In a lot of places in the West, negative freedom has become a dogmatism, or what you would call idolatry. It is the so one. Say more about that because it's so relevant for today, twenty twenty. Okay, it is. It is. It has become. It has become a sort of the sole source of ethics. It has become a protocol of engagement that is that that, that is considered to be. If you do that, you're ethical. You're a good person. It's it's and it's, it's more good enough. It's good. In, yes, exactly. It's enough. You don't need to do many. Right. Most people think. I don't of, need to listen to you. 
if I gave you like more than that, you don't need to transcend towards me, and I don't need to transcend towards you. We can all stay within our egocentric boundaries. Mm -hmm. When you when you allow negative freedom to become your only source, the only. I love that, and you enact it dogmatically, meaning you know you know you don't, you know what I can say, what I can't say. Everything we would say to one another would be general, and the, the, there would be strict structures. And we know we would never hurt each other. And in Scandinavia, and I, and I think it's the same in the U.S., but I don't live in the U.S. You do. I live in, in, in Austria and in Vienna. Obviously, that's part of the Amory thing. Uh, I live in Austria and in Austria and I live in Sweden and in Switzerland. And a lot of other countries do it, German or Scandinavian. Really, the, the familial, familial relationships are becoming their sideline. Their, their sideline. I mean, they're, they're on the side. What is important are voluntary relations, the people that I meet and create a, a, a small company with. And remember, voluntary relations are ones you can disconnect and it doesn't disturb your fund, fundamental we, uh, uh, well-being and mm. inner being. Right. But if you break a non-voluntary uh, uh, non, uh, um, relation, like your mother, your father, you know, your childhood, the prices are are immense yes. so but so families are drifting apart and people are more and more satisfied to engage one another only via very strict protocols in us in vienna if you stray from the protocol it's very quickly they stop listening and they would just you know they become withdrawn they say yeah yes sir they smile they're very nice but that's it you're either a crazy man is it, is it because, but, now from psychology point of view do they feel penetrated by the the wish to know them of course more than that any talk of 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 difference and specific specifical uh, uh background yeah. is considered a very very problematic no no except under very strict conditions universal conditions you if you ask someone so what do you what do you what's your religion in europe that's like Okay, already you are starting a conversation that is very problematic. We don't want to talk about religion. You know, we'd rather not. So what's from psychological point of view is happening in that moment to, to, to people on the street? And I think it's very relevant because then it will help us to understand what's the claim of Jeanne Marie. Right? Absolutely. So, I think I think what happens is... is that... I, I love how much your book is so relevant for today. I hope. Um, yeah, I think 100%. And this is why it's so important for our listeners. So please... What's happening from psychological point of view to the people on the street when you ask them about their religion, about their personal narrative? So people cannot really live without transcending towards one another. Right. But what happens is, is that first of all, uh, this transcendent is being is being qualified and it becomes much more rare. Most of the lives people are content to walk in a world where, you know, they have uh, mechanical protocols of engagement. Hi, Akir, how are you? I'm good. How's your day? It's, it's a game that has very strict rules. And that means, think about it, the more you, you I mean, the more you um, uh, reduce your reactions and ways of engagement into general protocols, the less there is an outlook, there is a personal expression. Mm. And if there is no, there is less of a personal expression in fields of life that has to do with my relationship, with my parents, my kids, my work, my, then, you know, the whole span of feeling and being in the world becomes much, much smaller. We, we, we are basically reducing ourselves into our own very, and, and, and then, you know, what comes in is, of course, our egocentric mechanisms, defense mechanisms. 
and these egocentric defense mechanisms, it's very easy for them to use negative freedom as the perfect uh, uh, um, justification not to transcend. Mm -hmm. I'm so afraid of transgression that I'm not going to transcend at all. That's what happens when someone dies and you don't want to deal with it. That's what loss does to us. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I want to exactly. I I say something. Very important. Please yeah, say yeah, it I want to say something to us. Now back oh, to Jana Marie. I want to say something to us. Please, please go. My constitutional relationships are part of my selfhood. My selfhood is not inside my body. I, it's not inside a closed mind. It is a relation between me and Yakil, me and my mother, me and my other friends, me and my lovers, me and my all these people, the institutes I grew up in, the universities, the books, the dead friends in the books, the uh, the school I went to, the community, the Jewish community, the Jewish religious community I grew up in, in the specific town of Jerusalem that I grew up, blah, 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 blah. All these relations, they constitute my selfhood. It is a relational structure, not a not not a closed structure within the body or within any kind of spiritual uh, substance. Yeah. The more I basically reduce myself, in, I mean, I, we love to. I mean, our fear and, and and the most the thing we hate most is the idea that our mind is not in our control. <laughs> mm. We like all of us love to believe. Wow. That we have control because also the, the, the modern culture was all about control. Remember, until the 18th century, you mean you have you have etiquette books in the 17th century saying if you're walking with your friend down the street and you see a piece of shit, don't hand it under his nose to smell. So this was a kind of the kind of etiquette that we have today we take for granted. It wasn't like that. People were more loud, they were more aggressive, they were more like me. <laughs> more, you understand what I mean? Yes. They, 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 and they were more rude. It was not the kind of etiquette. And the whole the, the whole idea of creating like peaceful communities, this Christian peaceful communities, productive peaceful communities, came with with the with the change in etiquette and, and control. And 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 along that. There was developed a, a, a conception of the individual as an object, a closed object, because they started thinking about nature as composed of, of, of objects, of, of distinct objects and relations, causal relations between them. So obviously the cult, Descartes, the most important thinker, imagined the self to be this kind of object, right. substance. Yes. And this continues on. And we love, we love to think that we are in complete control of our emotions. And Descartes gave us the perfect conception. He says, you know, I, you know, you 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 know, you are the only source of meaning and, and value in this world. I mean, everything that happens in the world, you, you see within your own self as a, as a sort of inner movie or inner theaters of representation. And their meanings have nothing to do with your, their relations to the world. They all have to do with their relation to the self. Yeah. And once, and, but this conception is extremely narrow. I didn't think, the whole thing through and right. uh, 300 yes. years of Western philosophy was was dedicated to, to, to criticize Let's that. bring it back to the... Yeah, yeah I'm bringing it. I'm bringing I'm coming back. Don't worry. Philosophy, if you leave the problematics, you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> you started with. In, uh, Wittgenstein said that in philosophy, the winner is the one that comes last. So the mm -hmm. one that runs slowest. Uh, what we find out in loss when someone dies is that a whole texture of of relations that are uh that 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 include uh mediating uh, imagery is completely lost for us I, somebody robbed my selfhood violently and i have nothing to do about it not just that i'm not in control i have to know there is nothing i can do about it that part of the self that voice of that person calling my first name 
that is gone forever. Mm. And that is not a joke because it's parts of my own self that were with him. I mean, for me and Yakir to be friends is for me and Yakir to create an alternate self to the ones, to the one that is relating to itself, our, our reflexive way of saying, I am Yoav or I am Yakir. And that self between us has to do with all the experiences we had together, all the things we said together, all the ways in which the way we see the world and each other were shaped together. And all the times we took a step back and let the other the other person be, give him all, gave him all the attention, put our ego and our wishes to assert ourselves and to be and to blah 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 blah, put them in check and let the other be, and that's how we managed to create this structure of imagery that sort of is mediating between us and it's our mutual selfhood. Every project in the world you have yeah. creates a type of mutual selfhood like that. Structures of mutual, and when someone dies, or a civilization, or a city, or whatever. It is literally as if we're being ripped, our self-hood is being ripped out of us without control. And the, the people, what people usually do, the first thing we do, boom, we close all the doors. And we, we, we stay with, all, with the ash and, and, and all the, and all the, disrupt, the, the, the pieces of, 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 of imagery and feelings and emotions and sensibility that we have and these pieces of, of selfhood. And we try to close the door on them and pretend that we're in control. And this is really a way of embracing death within life because we don't die alone. When we die, everything we were is with us because it's constitutional. It's there, it's, it's there in our memory, in our imagination. And here we are killing ourselves in our lives yeah. in, order to, in order to protect ourselves from ever from being- the possibility. Of ever being torn like that right. again. Right. So now what's happening when the Jews are killed? So what ha what's happening to Amiris to specifically? Amiris. Yes. So Amiris says this. First of all, I found out that I'm not the intellectual, which is the epitome of the German of the German culture. I'm a parasite that's trying to kill it from within. Because, you know, the Aryan, the right. non-Aryan, we all know that, theology. Then I realized that I have no home. And it's not that I have no home in the sense that Yakir yeah. left his home in Israel or somebody's right. whole house was destroyed and he went to another country or even exiled. I have no home in the sense that I have no home in language, culture, religion, or any kind, any, any, any type of uh of uh uh of uh any any type of attachment. My language is not my language because I am the enemy of the German culture, and it's so I'm speaking Germany. I'm speaking German, but I am the enemy of Germany. Of course, he says. You know, one day they were they were, he was in the in, he was in the underground in Belgium. They were printing uh, right. sort of materials, and this German Nazi officer burst into their apartment and started shouting that he would stop so he could sleep. He didn't know what they were doing, but they were pacing around. And the guy speaks in Amiri's dialect, and the thing Amiri wants most is to answer, but he knows that answering in that dialect will be his death. So it is your own language that is being not just robbed for you. It is the recipe for killing you. Yeah. Not just the language, this specific dialect that constitutes all your beautiful, wonderful, warm memories and all your precious uh, parts of the self, yeah. of yourself. That's, that, all of that was lost. It was not real to begin with. Right. You grew up on a matrix of nothingness, of a lie. It's exposed as nothing at all. No structure that gives no meaning. The language is gone. All the imagery, childhood imagery are gone. All the memories are robbed. All of his identity and selfhood was robbed. Right. Completely and in a radical sense.
and he's left without a self, except for the self reacting to what is being done to him, which is what you call feelings of resentment. Yes. So before we go to, the, to these feelings, I just want to make sure I want to ask you one more question. So for him, because of what's happening, um, for Jeanne Marie, the lust of all these elements is actually telling him that something from beginning was not real. Yeah. Right? Because he understood, because in a way, if it was a few bad Germans who heard the Jews, exactly. then everything can stay. Germany is like the language, the identities, the stories. Absolutely. Okay, right. But actually, he understands something deeper. Absolutely. That from beginning, there it was something yours. That it was not yours. Right? And his claim, just to make sure, because we, as we, you said before, but connected to the theological part that we started with. Exactly what I want to bring it it's back. It's not his, and it was never his. Because he's not part of the story of because he, because the idea of shape and image was but an illusion. They kept yeah. on that in the depth of the German or Western mind was still this ethnic and uh, nationalist, radical race racist uh, perception of identity, and the whole theology, theology of shape and image that created our modern values and our modern institutes and America and the Constitution it's and what have you. It was just, it was just, a, it was just sugar topping, right? Because at the essence, there is what at the essence there is really an ethnic, old ethnic, racist a, a way of of uh, describing identity, the German folk or you know the the the, Jew, the German people, the blood. The blood and the... But it's not only the German, you say. No, it's, it's something a, it's about a, the West, a, right? A, first of all, yeah, of course, Europe and America are completely awash with these ideas before World War One, at the end of the 19th century. And, and so between... Then. Yes, of course. So I want to take you. So now what's the project of Amari that he wish the West will do? So for Amari, it's not just the betrayal of the Germans and the Austrians. He says, you know, after the war, it looked like everybody embraced the survivors. And the Germans were the enemy, and we would change all that, and blah, blah. Right. But very quickly, he said everything changed. The minute it started with the, you know, what started was the, you know, the Russian-American disputation, the, the, the Cold War. So everybody had to pick sides, and basically the West said, okay, come to us, we'll forget all about it. Right. Austria, for example, maybe 13 people were hanged, but that was it. Afterwards, 48, the Austrian sort of signaled to the Americans and the world, if you mess with us, we're going to go east. And the West says, okay, I'll do whatever you want. 550,000 ranking members of the Nazi party moving to every level of, it's the same as happening in Germany. All of them will be protected by people that, by, 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 by Adna, by people that were, you know, in the parliament right after the war. And Amiri says the mood changes. And of course, the Germans start to say, everybody did terrible things. But only we are accused in such a, a severe manner of destroying. So, so why is that? Because the Jews victimized us. The Jews are such strong. So it's a continuation, basically, of the idea before the Holocaust, Hitler's idea that the Jews are sort of one organization, not different individuals like every other. But you have, we see in media, we see like that the Holocaust is one of the things that not everyone the, speaks Not about. in the 50s and 60s, my friend. Not in the 50s, 60s, even 70s. What you're seeing is something that began in the 80s and in itself has been a, a, a limited uh, process. Now, in, in the 50s and 60s, uh, 
the Dutch sort of, uh, I'll give you examples. The Dutch sort of, the, the city of Amsterdam makes the Jews that's, that, 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 that were in Holland create a monument thanking the city for saving them. The Dutch had the highest extradition rate yeah, in Europe, 98 or 98.9%. Yes. Because they were small and they were very efficient and they were... And because, you know, obviously they didn't see the Jews as part of their, really part of the community. The Italians, by the way, were the lowest. <laughs> the lowest and the people that saved most uh, Jews in, 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 percent, in percentage-wise were the Italians. Mm. I mean, in comparison to the growth of the, to, to the, like, the community. Yeah. And sort of, so that's, that's, a whole, uh, um, that's something that happens in Holland. Amiri also describes, you know, the lingo that changes in France. Uh, the way they start to speak of Jews uh, in a way that they didn't speak before. He describes the face of the woman uh, when he was arrested in, in, in French-speaking Belgium, uh, when he was taking away her, her her cold face of the woman in the wind, of one of the women that looked at him like cold angel. He said, I got like a, like, he describes the way the West, so, so, First of all, Germany and Austria are, be, are engulfing themselves in, 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 a, in a speech of, uh, in a talk of, of victimhood. They are the victims. The Jews have basically created the impression that we are the worst, uh, we have done the worst, uh, we are the worst nations, we have done the most terrible thing on the planet. But actually, we're like everybody else. Even the English also had camped for the Boers, they say. So, with a total disregard of any difference, and here the differences have a very... Uh, uh, deep and and horrifying meaning because never, never was there an extermination of of that type, of uh, as a, sort of an extermination that was based on scientific ideas. All of them ideas of progress related to uh, enlightenment, to, to enlightenment. Basically, a sort of a, a cultural self betrayal with the power of technology and science behind the whole, this whole thing never existed. And and they made it make it they make it to be as if it was like anyone else like any other evil and there are a lot of evils in this world and, yeah. I, and I'm not making saying anything is of course of but course. there are levels and for Amiri the West is collaborating with them mm. by Americans are sending through the war Americans are sending back Jewish ships with Jews to burn in the camps even after they know of the extermination after forty two they don't they never bombed uh, Monowitz, which is the part of Auschwitz, for example, where they had the way Iggy Falman was like the belonged to the to the company, to the paint company. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the English, the way they are pushing, they're not allowing Jews running away from Europe to go into uh, Palestine and sometimes pushing them to camp, sometimes back to you. He, he basically, the, he says the way the Arab leaders, only after meeting Hitler, started talking about annihilating the Jews, not kicking them out or ruling over them, whatever, but annihilating them. And I, I will add, I don't know if you know this, but until the, the mid-70s, there were huge projects of desterilization of, uh, of Inuits, in, uh, Inuits in, in, in Scandinavia. Sweden was a leader in this. By 1969, the Swedes have castrated, or uh, um, um, how do you say uh, sterilized about uh, 65,000 people. Uh, the Australians champions, they, 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 they continued into the mid 70s, even about 80,000 people. So Jana Marie tells us. Jana Marie tells us you have a sugar topping of, 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 right. a, of a theology and ethics above a pile of, I don't want to say what, of evil, of, of, the, old, of, of the, the same, of, of the same old, 
just hatred for what is different. So his project is to scream that? Like yes. To say- his, his project is basically, Jean-Marie says, look, they have taken my whole inner exactly. existence Everything. from me. The only thing they have left me is a sort of a reaction to them that is called resentment, a reaction to those people that did this to me. I'm not Jewish, he said, except in the sense of the number on my hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm Jewish only from the side of my torturers right. and the ones that denied and, and tried to annihilate Judaism. So it, my Jewishness is sort of a, a decree of, this, of self-destruction. Yeah. Nothing is left inside except of this black area of resentment toward the culture that did this to me. And I know my mission is going to fail. The West is not going to, Germany is not going to listen. The West is not going to listen. And so he says, so I will, I will finish the mission. It will, it will be an end of mission. And from that moment on, I will finish it. He says, don't worry, we will finish it. We, the survivors, will finish it. And Jana Marie is very clear about it. The only way my resentment can come to terms and become an active power of self-rejuvenation, also, but for the for the society, not just for me, my only way to truly start existing again is if the West and Germany in specific will accept the survivors as, as its epitome, its highest expression. And these, and he says, we will put through the, the, the Jesuit, the martyrium of, of Christ. And he basically, he presents a picture in which the, the, the survivors are basically the new Christ. And if, if the Western society does not embrace them as its highest expression and its most valuable members, which memory is the most valuable member for its own existence and uh, identity, then they will not be able to exist. And he kills himself eventually. Wow. You have, before we end, very short question to you, not for Amari. Um, if Amari would be here today, as you read Amari, with the fact that things change, maybe not, with the fact that the memory of the Holocaust, you know, inside the Jewish community, outside the Jewish community, questions also that we ask ourselves, right, about the role of Israel with even the Ukraine, Russia, with all this complex life. Um, will he say that now the West study what they need to study? Would he be more... You think, you, you're asking if the lesson was learned? Yes, in a way. I don't think he would think the, the lesson was learned. With if, all the memory of the you Holocaust. See that, you see that in the States... Whenever a white, uh, a white, and I'm going to use the word white because it's white communities, a working white communities become stressed, the first sort of the first expression they take is Jews will not replace us, uh, uh, and all this kind of rhetoric, rhetoric that 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 other foreigners have came in and stole our our resources, our real culture, New York and Los Angeles, and these you know these cities that are not real America, and we're going to make America great again. We're going to make America Americana again, or what have you. If, in Israel, what? In Europe. In, in, <laughs> <laughs> living in, I live I live in a city yeah, called Vienna. Vienna. 36% of real of real estate in 1938 belonged to Jews. Almost every Gemeinde, which is like a, a social uh, uh, um, social uh, project for like cheap housing for 36%. Nothing was nothing was given back except for some buildings of the community, the community. And Vienna's rent has been artificially low. Until now, it's much lower than most of Europe. And nobody even, you know, nobody even discusses this. 
Wiesenthal used to discuss this. And, and you know, I have, I, I had, I, I, may I tell a story? Please, we will end with that. No, no, it's a terrible story. <laughs> so we're not going to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that. Also, it's not. Yeah, but let's say that you still hear leaders in the West talk about minorities as uh, bacteria, rats, what have you. You had that in the West and the East. You had Dutaute, the Indonesian. You had Urban. Uh, you had in Israel Miri Regev uh, used a, mat- a, a Nazi metaphor to describe the Sudanese uh, uh, refugees. refugees in Israel. Yeah, in Israel, as a cancer, she said in the in, in the in the body of the nation. I, I don't think you can be more explicit. Uh, you have Urban talking about different races and, and about the, we don't want to be a multiracial racial racial not cultural racial. No, when they when they were attacking multiculturalism, people said, okay, it's just. A, but now the, the mass have fell. I don't, and the way the way women are being uh, uh, are being treated, the the way people of color and people that look like the Easterners are being treated, you feel that I don't think you will be able you will be able to find a European country without or Western country for that matter, without uh, institutional racism. It's just a very basic thing, and I don't think that uh, that that I'm, I don't I, I don't think that I'm really would be pleased. Of course, there are pockets. There are pockets and, 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 there are, and, and there are places and there are elites and there are what have you. But I'm pretty sure Amiri, Amiri wouldn't be, I, I, mean, he would, I don't think, I'm not sure he would think that the situation changed in a, in, in a serious way. See, I, I, I mean, the amounts of anti-Semitic attacks in, in Germany and, and also the, 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 the legitimacy of expressing, expressing yourself in anti-Semitic language is growing, not, not going down. Yeah, fortunately. And, and more Muslims... A, a, a immigrate to Europe, the more they hate. And look also what these countries did with the immigrants. Look at the biggest countries, sort of, except for Germany, that had to act on sort of the, the lesson of the Holocaust. We see England, uh, Sweden, uh, France, England. They all created ghettos. I mean, each one of these countries have summers where everything is burning. It's either Brixton or Malmö or the Benue, the, 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 the French... Uh, um, sort of, uh, um, you know, the projects. Uh, uh, or, or it's, it's. I mean, there's no. I mean, you see that what they did is they used negative freedom. They said, okay, we'll give you houses, we'll we'll, we'll arrange, and then we'll leave you there to live by your own and, and not. And 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 it didn't. And and what happened is the next. I mean, crime, poverty, rejection by society. Nobody. I mean, there was no 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 real integration. And 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 it's not. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're dealing with these problems now. You have first of all, thank you so much for coming to the New thank York you. Network. I think that what I love so much about your projects is that you take um, a big question that we have today about you know as uh, Holocaust survivors are are dying. I mean, most of them are not with us anymore. Come the question of memory. What do we need to remember? To remember, and I think that you're reading in Amari bring very important ethical and existential questions that we need to deal with. So thank you so much. I thank you so much for this uh, opportunity. And I'd love to hear responses from people if there are any. Amen.